Welcome to the Orbit of Venus podcast. My name is Jane Archer, and I am your host. This is a space we will explore all the ways in which Venus orbits our own lives. Beyond just a planet in the sky and a popular feminine archetype commonly seen throughout history in cultures across the world, Venus represents all things beauty, radiance, creativity, embodiment, relationship, aesthetic, expression, what we value, mother nature, pleasure, and ultimately love. Together we will dive deep into the many sacred mysteries, teachings, and topics of all things Venus. Welcome to the orbit of Venus. Welcome home. Hi guys, welcome back to the Orbit of Venus podcast. This is Jane, your host, um, your humble servant. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time. Um, really thrilled every time I say that, but truly thrilled every time I'm truly thrilled. So that's, I'm just going to wash that off the table. Really happy to have you guys here today because today's guest is so magical and she happens to be a personal friend of mine, uh, Mary of Drawn by Mary. She's an illustrator. Uh, I would call her um, a heart activist um, and just a wisdom keeper all around incredible human. Uh, She's a breast cancer survivor. And um, yeah, she is a woman in her 30s and she survived breast cancer. Uh, When I first met her back in 2018 at a retreat, um, she was currently in the throes of it and uh, going through her her chemotherapy. And I just remember her being so magnetic and so truthful in her story of walking through cancer at a young age. And um, just the ups and downs of it, of course, and uh, a lot of strength. She carries so much strength. I told her at the end of our call, I said, you know, Mary, you have so much Joan of Arc energy. She's uh, really walked through a lot in these last um, few years, including five miscarriages. So she has so much wisdom around self-love, around uh, health crisis, how how to walk through a health crisis. Um, uh, And just so much hope is in her is in her work. And that's evident if you uh, are a follower or a fan of her art, um, in her words, and just in her life journey, she holds a lot of um, a lot of wisdom and a lot of hope and a lot of courage. So I, I knew instantly when I created the Orbit of Venus that Mary was a woman I really uh, desperately wanted to have on to um, share her wisdom, her story, and her experience around everything she's been through and give, you know, give the audience hope. And um, it's funny because during this entire pandemic and everything that we're walking through right now collectively, it really feels like the topic of our own mortality, the topic of health, uh, but not just health, but like deep health on, you know, on in all the layers from mental health to emotional health to spiritual health to physical. It really feels like our uh, our health is has been really under a microscope. And, um, you know, I was just reflecting 
recently that, uh, you know, pre-COVID, if I got a headache or I felt achy in my body, I wouldn't think twice post-COVID or during COVID, you know, my leg aches and I'm tuned into it. It's like my, it's like my sensory system with my communication to my body is super turned up and the volume is loud. And, um, I know that that's fueled by fear and just everything, you know, in, in the ethers right now. But I also think it's paving the way for a new, a new relationship to our physical forms, uh, and the most gross sense, like on the, you know, on our body level. And it just really feels like we're all, um, being invited to, to have a deeper conversation with, with the vessel that we move through life, um, AKA our body and our physical health and how our mental, emotional, and spiritual health, you know, is in relation to our physical form. And oftentimes like, uh, Mary goes into our physical ailments, you know, start on the layers, uh, more subtle than just our body. So I, I felt really called to, to have her on today to share her, um, her experience. And, you know, it's funny because a few weeks ago I wasn't feeling very well. And I went into the doctor, uh, not, not COVID related for something else. And I had a checkup and, um, and the doctor found like a bump in my throat, in my, uh, a lump on my throat. It ended up being nothing. I don't want to front load it, but I will say, um, and they sent me off to have an ultrasound on my throat. And for, for like, it was funny. Like when he told me that I knew it was okay. Like I knew I was okay. Like I just felt like my intuition like clicked in and, and I thought like, ah, oh, you know, I really don't need to go get that ultrasound. It's, um, it's probably just going to be a waste of my money and my time, uh, but whatever, I'll follow through. And then I went home that day and I was sitting on my couch and I was doing a meditation and all of a sudden my fear brain clicked in and I panicked. I, and I, I thought of my friends like Mary who had experienced you know cancer uh, out of nowhere at such a young age in good health and I freaked out. And um, for that week, I was just a nervous wreck, like thinking constantly about, I was touching the, the lump on my neck constantly and researching it and never, never Google, uh, just never go to Google for medical shit, like always go to trusted medical people. Um, you know, like my cousin, who's a physician's assistant assured me, like never Google anything related to health, like, uh, until you talk to a doctor or a specialist, because, it's a rabbit hole. And I was just spinning out because, you know, pandemic, everyone's home, uh, isolated. And I was convinced something was wrong. And then, you know, sure enough, nothing was wrong. So not sure enough, because I don't want to discount when things are wrong. But I will say, I was sharing with Mary Post podcast, you know, those like three days of like living in the uncertainty, waiting for results to come back. I was a freak show. Um, and so I have a lot of, um, it really, it was a new touchstone where before I never really worried about my health. I always tend to worry about other people, like people I love's health or my mom's health or et cetera. Um, you know, and my dad actually passed away from cancer and he had cancer when he was 18. So my focus with health has always been on my external, like, you know, people I think that need to be worried about it. I want to worry about their health with them. But this was the first time that I really had to stop and be like, whoa, like I too, this will sound so like, so surface, but you know, I'm, you know, in my thirties, like I need to be more aware of my physical health. Now I can't just breeze through life and, uh, I'm not immune to it, I guess is what I was saying. So it really kind of turned up, turned up my own awareness around, 
um, you know, health in a, in like a deeper way. And, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of the impetus to, to reach out to Mary. And, and I really just feel like I wanted her to come on. Um, and not only that, but her artwork, I'm so excited if you guys don't know who she is to check out her artwork because it's so beautiful. It's so timely. It's so relevant. She puts, she channels so much wisdom, love and life experience into her illustrations and her messaging. And it's just really inspiring. It's like, um, it's like a field of wildflowers. Uh, I'm always super refreshed after, you know, after I see something that, that, that she's created pop up into my feed or whenever I tune into what, what she's sharing. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited. So this episode is for you. If you've walked through a health crisis or if you're currently walking through one, uh, and you need experience, strength, and hope, um, and, or if you are walking through, you know, uh, infertility issues or pregnancy, um, challenges, um, miscarriages, all of that, Mary offers a lot of strength and, uh, you know, wisdom around it, hope. Uh, I think underline the word hope. She offers a lot of that. Um, and this episode is for you. If you are an illustrator or an artist or a designer, uh, an activist, uh, Mary is kind of all of these things and more. So not kind of, she is. So I'm just excited for you guys to hear her story. We kind of dive deep into all of it. Um, and what else to say? Um, I'm just, really grateful tonight. You know, I keep, uh, the anxious feelings are real, no matter how, how deep your spiritual practice is. And I, I just want to like, I just want to shout out to people who are on a spiritual path right now, or kind of shed light on that, who are on a spiritual path, you know, who show up and, and do the work, but are still anxious or are still experiencing life feelings, like, um, human experiences. I just want to say like, you're not alone. You know, I'm someone that, uh, most days I tend to a breathwork practice and, you know, I try to take care of my body and, you know, all of these things. And, um, I do the self care and yet there's still a layer of life that none of us can, uh, spiritual practice or bypass out of. And I just want to say like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm holding space for all of us right now because the times are real and, um, I've been going through waves of fear and waves of faith where it's kind of like, um, and I'm learning that I can have both of them at the same time, that just because I'm having a wave of fear or anxiety doesn't mean that I'm not in my faith or in my trust. It means I'm human. And, um, I'm really trying to cultivate that, that conversation right now within myself that like, ah, yes, like, I'm not immune to the human experience because I do all of these things or because I can see the bigger picture or, you know, <laughs> uh, X, Y, or Z that for me, the real medicine and the real work is in allowing myself to be on my own timetable and to be messy and, um, you know, to be in these funky places where it's uncomfortable sometimes to sit in these really like, unsure spaces. And, um, you know, life right now just feels like we're all inside a giant popcorn machine. And like, we don't know which kernel is going to explode next to us. <laughs> kind of like what, you know, we're all kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and also, uh, for change to come and for healing to happen right now. And, uh, it just really feels like the times are ripe for, um, the unexpected. And, 
But also when I really boil it down, when has life ever not been, you know, lying on the foundation of the uncertainty or of, um, you know, the possibility that anything could happen at any moment. It's just right now, it's just collectively in everyone's awareness. So it feels extra heightened. Um, so yeah, holding space for myself and for everyone and anyone that might be walking through challenging times. Um, and I just like, you know, I really just want to, uh, bring conversation to, I think that this will be something I'm going to focus on, uh, in the near future on this platform is mental health and the importance of it and how it's so important to start to cultivate and encourage and, uh, participate in conversations around the importance of mental health and how it's not a moral issue. Um, you know, I, I think it's for so many times, uh, for so long, people have felt the need to si- to suffer in silence. Uh, Mary and I talk about this on the episode. And it really feels like right now, no matter how independent we are, or no matter how much we just want to power through on our own, because we think it's safer to do things alone, or we're going to get it done, you know, we have better chances of getting it done if we do it alone, or, or if we just endure the struggle by ourselves, so it'll just go smoother. But I'm really realizing right now that that is such a outdated system. And if anything right now, it's as if all of these outdated systems are really being brought to the surface for all of us to look at. And for, for one, I think it's this independence, uh, is, you know, is King and that I can just do it on my own, uh, mindset, I really think has fueled a lot of the disease in our society that I am independent of everyone around me and that therefore whatever I do will not affect other people and that whatever they're doing will not affect me. But the truth is, is that we are, you know, one among many and um, we are ants <laughs> in an ant farm, if that makes sense. And to go around thinking that that how we are does not have an impact in our world, no matter how insignificant or significant we think we are, I think it's, it's, it's living blindly and... Um, I've been spending a lot of time in the forest in Northern California lately, up in the trees, and I'm just in awe of the fact that nature is this hyper-diverse ecosystem, yet heavily dependent. Everything in nature is dependent on the, the, the thing next to it. And if the thing next to it uh, starts to die or have issues, it affects the entire ecosystem. And so I'm just recognizing now that you know, if people in our orbits are having a hard time with mental health, like it affects all of us. And... Um, yeah, that through community and, um, you know, love, because I ultimately am just love is my language and love is my religion and my compass that through community, it's, it's, um, often, you know, love can travel the easiest, I think. And, um, yeah, just that we don't have to suffer in silence and we don't have to do this alone, I think is such an important thing to remember. So I hope that this episode is as expansive for you as it was for me. I know I'm going to go back and listen to it many times and uh, really, really grateful to have you here today and to be tuned in. Thank you for your time and your love and your support. Um, yeah, lots more to say, but I just want to uh, to shine the light on Mary right now and um yeah, enjoy this episode and I will talk to you at the end. All right, Mary, welcome to the Orbit of Venus podcast. Thank you so much for saying yes. I'm truly thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and be talking to you. 
Yay. So um, for those of you who are new to the magic of you, uh, go ahead and give the listeners just like a quick drop in into who you are. Um, maybe your, your background, what, what you do and yeah, just kind of tell us about you. Okay. Um, so my name is Mary. I'm based in Los Angeles and I'm an artist illustrator. I've always been a creative type since I was a tiny little child. I was like writing books and, um, you know, making comics and things like that. And I found that, um, I, I kind of abandoned that about myself for a long time in my adulthood. And then, because, you know, I couldn't make, I couldn't seem to make a career out of it. Um, and then I've reclaimed that in just the past couple of years, I've really like become, um, a lot more successful with my creative career dreams and, um, realizing that art is, is one of the, one of my, you know, my medicine basically that I have to offer the world. And I, um, pretty much who I am getting more into writing now and yeah, um, just feeling like a, was put here to create and and spread that into the world. Mm, So beautiful. (laughs) So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And how long have you been in LA and, and you moved out to LA from back East, was it? Yeah, so I I'm from Orange County originally. Um, okay, that's right. I, I also lived half my life in Colorado mm-hmm. um, when my, we moved there when I was a kid, and then I went to college out in LA. Um, I went to art school, and then I moved to New York because it was just like the thing to do when you're like have nothing holding you back in your twenties, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I lived in New York for nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, I met my husband there. We got married, wow. and then. Um, and then a year, a year later, we moved to LA together. He's originally from the East coast in New Jersey. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he had never lived anywhere. And he's like, I've always wanted to live in California. And of course I'm like, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm, I'm always up for change. Yeah. Um, so, so we came out here and we've been here since 2016 and, and loving it. Wow. So cool. Yeah. I know we actually, you and I, we met, um, uh, was it 2018 at, Yes, 20, yeah. Okay. 2018. May, wait. Yeah. May, 2018. Yeah. At, uh, in Mount Shasta, that was such an incredible yes. retreat with Madeline from episode two for, for the listeners. Life-changing. Absolutely yeah. life-changing. <laughs> there were, there were 13 of us women and we all became so close. We just like instantly dropped into a sisterhood. It felt like, yeah. um, and up there, yeah. It, on one of these incredible retreats at Mount Shasta. And it just feels like these lifelong friendships were created. And that's what I love about uh, you is that it just feels like I have like a sisterhood with you. Like I could not talk to you for like a year and then I talk to you and it just feels like so comforting and uh, peaceful. So yeah, I'm grateful. Totally that, agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm really grateful that you said yes, but you know, it's interesting because you've been at the top of my list as someone I wanted to have on the podcast since I started it. Um, just, I find your story so expansive and so authentic and real and magical in so many ways. And, um, but I've been waiting for, for the right time to ask certain guests on. And lately I've been getting the message that it was time to ask you because, uh, you know, a lot of your, uh, background and experience in life is around health. And, um, I know that you, you know, you're a breast cancer survivor and I just, um, I have been noticing that in the last few years that a lot, not a lot, but there have been 
a multiple number of younger women getting breast cancer in my community and having to uh, walk through that. And I'm just so, um, when I first met you, I think you were just, you were still in it. And I'm just, I would love to hear that story and uh, um, your experience, strength and hope around that entire experience. So if you don't mind, if you could, you know, kind of walk us through what it was like and, you know, what happened and what it's like now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I've also made that observation. I've seen since being diagnosed, I've seen so many more people in our age group getting it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm not, I hate to see it, but I'm also just like, I mean, you know, I'm here for you. <laughs> Every time yeah. I meet someone, I'm like, reach my arms out. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on, I, I, when I was diagnosed, I was like, I need someone who was on the other side and that's all I, you know, like show me this is going to be okay. But my story goes back to like two years before I was diagnosed. I was, my husband and I had just moved to California and we were trying to have a baby mm-hmm. and we had already had one miscarriage in New York. Um, and it was just kind of like, I had sort of just like resigned that like my purpose is just to be a mother and that's not a small purpose, you know, it's mm-hmm. huge. And I was totally like ready and happy and excited that that was what I wanted my life to look like. I was going to be a mom. And um, on our journey, trying to have a, a baby, it was just like, was just nothing but obstacles. I had um, the first miscarriage. And then a couple months later, I had a really early miscarriage where like, I found out I was pregnant. And then like three days later, I, it was over. Mm. Um, wow. And then a month, a month later, I got pregnant. And I'm just like, okay, we're fertile. Like this, you know, it was just yeah. one of those like, we like, this is clearly like in, in the stars, you know, we get pregnant easily. We don't have any issues except that, you know, for some reason they're not sticking around. So, Mm -hmm. um, I had three miscarriages in just a matter of like a couple of months. Wow. Um, It was really scary. So then I was like, okay, well, we're going to press pause on this. Like something isn't right. And you know, I have to say like, at the time I was like super, um, like desperate. And I know I was putting that energy out of like this desperate, like I'm ready for my life to look like this specific mm-hmm. way. And, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to control the outcome. Um, and I feel like looking back now, it's easy to say like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> every, you know, the powers that be were like, you know what, I'm, you know, you're going to have to like learn how to slow down and, and realize that you're not in control. And that was a big lesson for me. Um, but I found out that I had um, like a uterine abnormality that was causing my pregnancies to end around seven weeks. Mm. So I had, I found, I was, you know, we found that out. It was all great because it was something that could be fixed. And then um, I got pregnant by accident, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was like (laughs) the, the like plot twist in our story. Like we had our, my surgery was scheduled to have my uterine, my uterine anomaly removed. And, um, it was a septum by the way, if anyone, I've met a couple people who've had uterine septum. So mm. I had a septum. It was, um, starving the fetuses of blood supply. Wow. Um, so yeah, so yeah, they lived until they could live and then they died. So, oh. um, yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking, but it was so nice to know that like, this, you know, we had a solid answer for what was, why it was happening. And, um, it was something I was born with. It wasn't anything caused by, you know, it was just like a, a a weird little thing, but, Mm -hmm. um, I had the surgery scheduled and then 
on New Year's Day of 2017, I found out I was pregnant and I had been actively trying not to get pregnant because it wow. was, of course, I was like anticipating this surgery that was going to change everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, oh how, like, you know, it was just like almost like ridiculous. Like we had to laugh at it. And, but I also mm-hmm. was like, it kind of turned up my faith a little bit because I thought, well, maybe this is like the one that's going to make it like against all odds. This is like a miracle baby, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd purposely like surrendered. I tried not to get pregnant and maybe this is the, a miracle coming through for us, you know, and I was really optimistic, excuse me, really optimistic about, um, about the outcome. And then it was just the same, same story, seven weeks, you know, we had a heartbeat at six weeks, seven weeks, baby was gone. So it was really like, just, you know, like how much more do I have to take them? Yeah. So, um, I had the surgery, my uterus was perfect shape. And then I started to kind of like, that's when I really started to kind of like find my way through like a spiritual practice. Cause I knew that like what I had been doing before was not working. Like I was just really like by the book control like, you know, taking the reins and then having like a total meltdown when I got my Mm -hmm. period and I knew I wasn't pregnant, you know, it was just like this Mm -hmm. really uh, just anxiety (laughs) of like, it's just like this journey is supposed to be beautiful. It's not supposed to be this, this hard and like, Mm -hmm. you know, stressful. So, um, so yeah, I started to kind of like, I reached out to one of my friends who was in um, herbal medicine and she helped me kind of be like, you know, do morning meditations. Here's some herbs you can create infusions with to help with fertility, to help with like past trauma and soothing my anxiety and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I started incorporating that. Um, I went, you know, I just, I like really loved getting into like, you know, when you just like get tiptoe, like a little bit into like the world of like spiritual practice and you're like oh wait this is awesome Uh (laughs) why did I ever think this stuff was like like not for me you know yeah um and uh so I was you know then I was like incorporating like crystals for fertility into my um my regimen and like meditating with the carnelian stone over my womb and Mm -hmm. just things that made me feel like really at peace like okay we're gonna approach this differently yeah and um it was really nice and then you know, <clears throat> two months later, um, I got pregnant and it was like, it was September. So it was like really, um, let's see, it would have, was like a year after my first due date. Um, I found out I was pregnant and it was really magical because I, I was able to like have hope, you know, wow. so when you have nothing is ever the same. Like you have, you can be pregnant and you just like think like everything's going to be fine, but after you miscarried, like that, that naive pregnancy journey, like where you're just like, not me, you know, can't, can't happen to me. Yeah. Like you just never feel that again, ever again. It's just, you're always like every pregnancy after the first miscarriage was like, just so like heavy, you know, (laughs) because I was always just like waiting for something to go wrong. And it always did, you know, four, four times in a row, it had gone like horribly wrong. Wow. Um, and I had, my new womb. So everything Mm. was great. I got pregnant for the fifth time and it was amazing. We had weekly ultrasounds to um, monitor. I was with a really amazing reproductive endocrinologist who had helped me diagnose 
the um, uterine septum who had helped me have the surgery. And she was like, just like really amazing for us. So um, I had weekly ultrasounds up until nine weeks, which I never, yeah, I never made it that far. It was so incredible because, you know, it's always like, I mean, when they checked my blood pressure at the beginning of my appointments, it was like, they were, it was like through the roof and they were like, are you okay? No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) not (laughs) I did like, I'll be okay. If you tell me the baby's okay. Yeah. Um, I would have an, a good ultrasound, you know, heartbeat confirmed, everything, happy tears in the room. And then mm. my, you know, they would check again and my blood pressure was back to normal. So it was really like taking a toll on me. Wow. Um, yeah. Just the physical, emotional. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't calm myself down, you know? And I mean, four miscarriages, I was just unheard of. I, I yeah. thought that I was going to die after two, like, oh. you know, so. Wow. Um, we made it to 12 weeks and we had like all the tests done that were like your, you know, the chromosome chromosomal um, analysis was perfect. Like really made me feel like really comforted that like, okay, everything is perfectly healthy. And my, you know, my womb is like open as healthy as it should Mm. be. Um, We went for our 12 week ultrasound for where they check for like all kinds of like, it's like a very advanced um, ultrasound where they look for like down syndrome and things like, you know, any, yeah. any weird abnormalities on the screen and um, the, the, you know, the medical stuff is really weird because the ultrasound technician, she's not, she wasn't able to tell us if anything was wrong. Okay. Cause it's like a legal, I think it's a yeah. liability. Like they're, they can't, they're not doctors. The doctors can deliver the news, but that's the um, worst feeling having I that know. person. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, like I can read right. the room. Yeah. Um, so it was really like exciting to go in for that appointment. And then, you know, she's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take my measurements and do my thing. And then I'll let you look at the baby after. And it was like, she had the thing pointed so we could see the screen and we could watch what she was doing. And as soon as she started, she turned the screen away from us. And I was no. like, well, that, yeah. And it was just like, oh. like just, but oh I was just God. Yeah. in complete denial because I'm mm. like, no, you know, like it has to be yeah. something else. Mm. Um, it was just the worst, the worst day of our lives. I mean, oh, she so left. Sorry. She was like, I need to go find a doctor. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just too early, like kind of like feeding us a little bit of like, I don't just, it was like, okay, you're lying. Just get the doctor. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to hear any like fake mm-hmm. positivity. Um, so she, yeah, we, I mean, we were just like left in that room to like just sit there and like suffer for like 45 minutes. Oh my God. Before someone came back, the doctor came in and was like, there's no heartbeat, you know? And we're just <sighs> like, yeah, I know because, you know, like we figured oh that gosh. out a long time ago and you just had us sitting here like <sighs> just, and it was just, you Awful. know, I, I've been um, writing a memoir about these experiences and, and just, every time I write about this, like the days, like the very um, memorable moments that were just like earth shattering, you know, (laughs) it just takes Mm -hmm. me right back there to that. Um, And I mean, it's really healing to be able to talk about it and write about it and stuff, but yeah, thank you. Just, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, It's just, it's unreal. The things that we have to endure sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But that one was just, you know, they were all hurtful, but that one was just like, that one, I just, I turned to my husband and was like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, I don't, I didn't want to walk out of that room. 
Wow. With another miscarriage, like inside, you know, I just mm-hmm. was like, I can't, I, I can't do this again. Like now we, before we, at least we had something to point to, like mm-hmm. there's something wrong with, you know, my, my uterus. So, you know, it's, this is expected. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. Like scientifically, biologically, <laughs> that was what mm-hmm. was supposed to happen. But this one, it was like, what, you know, it was just like, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, this one was supposed to make it like, it was like, just so my, mm-hmm. you know, we, of course, it was just like a tornado of emotion. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to have uh, the procedure. They, you know, the, it's the dilating courage, a DNC procedure where they basically take everything out of your uterus. Um, mm-hmm. And so that you don't have to like do it at home, you know, mm-hmm. done through my experience, I've had DNCs. I've done it, the miscarriage pill at home, um, done all the, <laughs> all the ways. I feel like an expert, but um, yeah. So um, I had, wow. a, they, they gave me an appointment for the next day to have a DNC. And of course, I'm just like, yeah, I just want to get this over with and like go and just not just stay in bed for a year. Cause you know, I kind of yeah. just end it. I didn't want the symptoms to persist. Um, so yeah, I had my, you know, my endo my reproductive endocrinologist called like that afternoon and was like, Mary, I, I just got a call, you know, they, they, they just called me and I'm just like, yeah, help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, you know, yeah. just like begging, like begging for answers. And, and she like, she just didn't, she's like, I don't like, it, it was almost like, I like she, I mean, she was like going through it with us. Like she just like, I don't like, I don't know, like nothing makes sense, you know, nothing about it makes sense, but you know, she was of course willing to help us, Mm -hmm. um, sort of figure out a plan in the future. But yeah, when that, when I miscarried that fifth time, I was just like, my world is over and I cannot go back to how things were. Like I just couldn't. So I remember that evening I was like, I want to see like a Reiki healer. And I had never done Reiki before. I never, I didn't even really know anything about it. I just like intuitively was like, this is the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made an, I found someone online. I made an appointment with her and I went like the following week after, you know, just grieving, just like mm-hmm. laying in bed in pain mm-hmm. <laughs> on every level, um, drinking wine, eating gummy bears, just like, mm-hmm. just really just like, just wallowing in my suffering. And, and that's, that's what I wanted to do, you know? And yeah. Then, I made an appointment. I saw her and I was like, okay, this, it, it was just exactly what I had needed at, at that, at that moment. You know, she, um, she went over my chakras with the pendulum to see, you know, of course, mm-hmm. any blockages. And I remember when she got to my heart chakra, the pendulum stopped moving completely. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, and she's like, oh, you have some heart stuff going on. And I just like broke down. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's an understatement. Mm. Um, but I had that healing session and it was really, really just what I needed on my heart, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I just, it gave me like, just some hope, like, okay, well, you know, like, I'm like, I'm like a wounded deer right now. Mm. I don't, can't imagine being pregnant again <clears throat> until, you know, I mean, I just couldn't even fathom. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, was like, we're going to like focus on healing because Mm. clearly, you know, (laughs) clearly I was, um, broken. At least I felt, you know, on, on every, really every level. And I just kind of like 
was like following my intuition, like, what do I need? You know, Mm -hmm. um, I saw the Reiki healer, um, another, you know, a few more times. I, my, I, my friend helped me with like herbal remedies. Um, she introduced me to an astrologer. Mm. I had my birth chart read and that was also life changing. Um, just a few weeks after she was just telling me like, you know, she saw, I mean, of course, like those, you know, astrologers who've been doing it, especially for like generations are like, Mm-hmm. They can just tell you everything like they mm-hmm. see it all. And it was so it was just nice because she was able to say, um, you're going to be OK and you're going to be a mom. Wow. And I'm just like, OK, that and she's like, it's like they're um, pretty much what it boiled down to is, um, I mean, of course, everyone. This is my this is my path all along. It wasn't ever going to be different, mm-hmm. um, but it was really nice to hear from her like you know, your path to motherhood is, is not going to be easy. And that's mm-hmm. in my chart that like, there are lessons to be learned first. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to open myself up and I'm going to start learning and then <laughs> see, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where it leads me. And, um, and, and then um, I was just really like, just doing amazing, like just sacred self-care every day. It was just like, really like determined to like, heal you know like spiritually physically emotionally I was just feeling like amazing and empowered by Mm -hmm. everything I was doing um to help to help heal you know everything that like on the inside and uh, then uh we got to 2018 and I was um Mm -hmm. looking in the mirror one day and I always um I worked from home because I was Mm -hmm. um working for a startup um, after I had lost the baby, so I lost the baby in November of 2017, mm-hmm. and I had um, gained like 10 pounds or something in those first the first couple months of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so I would always, um, well, I was starting to like feed myself more nourishing meals, you know, as part of my like self care rituals. And mm-hmm. so I would just look at myself like in vain in in the mirror every morning, mm-hmm. and I stretched my arms up when I took my shirt off. And I saw like a lump underneath my left breast mm. and I was like, and it really like caught my attention. Cause I didn't really ever, I mean, I never did breast exams. Like I did it, my, I had my doctor do it at my annual appointments, but I wasn't like someone who did it at home as a, mm-hmm. as a habit. So um, yeah, I saw it and I was like, that's weird. And I started <laughs> to like, you know, <laughs> investigate. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I was like obsessed with it for the whole entire day. I couldn't stop touching it and like poking mm-hmm. it and like, you know, and I kind of tried to like ignore it. The next day it was like, it hurt so much. It was like brute. It, it, it wasn't like per- black and blue, but it felt like tender to the touch. Wow. And I was like, well, yeah. Cause I had been like stabbing at it all, like all like, the whole day before. Yeah. Um, trying to see like if I could get it to go away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hoping, keep checking back, hoping I had imagined it. Yeah. And then finally I was like, I'm scared. Like this mm-hmm. is, I don't know what's wrong, but it's really scary. Texted my sister and was like, what do I do if I found a lump? You know, like, I'm just was like so new to me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I made an, I tried to make an appointment with a doctor. Um, of course, like try, I always try to like not have to talk to anyone when I'm like <laughs> emotional about the appointment yeah. because I don't want to cry on the phone with an operator. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't get an appointment online. So I had to call and my husband was looking at me like, what is going on? You know, cause I was like, mm-hmm. just frantically like scrolling in my computer. And I just, I like erupted was like, I found a lump. I'm really like really scared. Like just 
in tears and he was Mm -hmm. like oh my god it's gonna be fine like fully supportive um I made an appointment for the next day like a nearby facility and they you know she did the exam just all the like part of my language like the bullshit of like we have to see you first before we can refer you it's just this like a lot of hoop jumping yep I just you know Ugh, get me to like the final round of this. So yeah, God, I saw her, you know, yeah, it's just really frustrating. Um, I saw a doctor, she referred me to radiology, of course, which I knew was going to happen. So I made an appointment with radiology. Um, it was actually really interesting because they didn't have an appointment for like 10 days. And I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to get through 10 days of yeah. this, you know, this wow. like, like angst of like worrying that something's wrong. Um, but I, I would just sit and pray and be like, just, I need a miracle. Mm-hmm. I called the next morning and they were like, oh, we have an appointment for 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. And I was wow. like, thank God. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Took it and everything. And, and then they sent me for a mammogram and a biopsy and everything was so like quick. Like even I, when I had to get a, a biopsy, they, um, they were like, oh, our, our earliest appointment is, is like eight days away. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll just do it, you know, mm-hmm. deal with it. The doctors caught me on the way out of that appointment and was like, no, I need you to come in sooner. And he like squeezed me in like for like two days later. And I was like, okay, wow. well, that's first of all, terrifying, but also mm-hmm. like, thank you because mm-hmm. um, we need, we need answers. Um, from the time I found the lump, within eight days, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. Oh my God, Mary, I just got the chills. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, and to think that like, I, you know, if I hadn't prayed and, been, you know, persisted the call, I could have, you know, would have been weeks because I was waiting, you know, it was like 10 oh. days away, 10 days away. Um, and I'm so glad of course that I got such fast results. Um, yeah. And just like really interesting things were happening at the time. Like someone on Instagram had reached out to me, like, like a a month before Mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe more and he was like I just want to tell you that your art has really helped me my mother is dying of cancer and like your art has been really healing and this was like months you know I I think I was pregnant at the time and I was like oh "Oh, my god like really sweet like a young man thank you for telling me that like I love to hear stuff like that because it makes it just is very affirming that like this is you know what Mm -hmm. this is why I'm here um this is why I create and then the when I was waiting for the results of my biopsy, he messaged me and was like, I just want to tell you that my mother died. Oh, thank you again. Yeah. And, and I didn't knew that she had died of cancer. So I was just like, Oh, oh no, this is like the worst sign I could get. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Of course. Oh, our, our mind oh. tells us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is this a coincidence? I you know, it didn't feel like oh, I just couldn't imagine that it was such a, a coincidence that it had to be oh. so anyway that mm-hmm. happened and I was just like well that's terrifying um and I just I had was going through you know I didn't tell anyone for a while um and then you know I had I had ended up having to have three surgeries to get the lump out um wow. waiting on yeah waiting on like treatment options which another I was just really tapped into like how you know it when especially like I don't know there are certain parts of like western medicine and just kind of trying to balance like eastern medicine western medicine and faith and all those things you know mm-hmm. that you're just like I, I it's it's hard you can't it's kind of for me anyway like it was hard to trust everything that was given to me at face value like when it was time 
to have my treatment like designed for me. I was just kind of like, uh, you know, everyone was like, you know, you may, ne- you may need chemo. You may not need chemo. And I was like, I'm not doing chemo. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, there's no, I'm just not doing it. I'm not losing my hair and I'm not doing, I'm not putting that poison in my body. You know, mm-hmm. and that was my stance. Um, but you know, when I found out and that was when it was still like a question mark of if I would need chemo, um, when I found out that I would need it or that they were at least going to recommend it for me, I was just like, mm. you know, really, I mean, I just had absolutely zero inner peace about that whole time frame because um, I just didn't think, like, I just, I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, and also when I was diagnosed, I, I reached out to my astrologer because I was like, hi, did you yeah. like, send you? <laughs> do you see this coming you know yeah (laughs) hi can I please have my money back I mean you told me I was gonna be okay yeah like wait wait I think you missed the chapter here can you tell me what's going on so she was just like I mean and I she called me right away and I was like oh my god are you you know what like it was a shock to her but then you know if you look at my chart from different angles I guess or I mean I'm not an astrologer so I can't say but she she did see another um aspect which I mean everything's open for interpretation based on what's going on in your life so she saw that I was having like um she called it an encounter with um like Demeter who the whole story I I I should have like studied it better but basically like um you know Persephone is the daughter of Zeus Mm. and I it was like something about how um Sirius or Demeter, they might be the same person. Anyways, the story, the story of Persephone is what was going on in my chart, which basically when she was kidnapped um, by Zeus for half the year, her mother made the world winter. Mm. And because she's like, everyone is going to suffer with me. Like I'm sad and everyone is ever, you know, everyone's going to suffer with me. Mm. Um, so I'm making the world like cold and dark. At least that's how I interpreted that story and how I remember it. And she's like, that's what you're going through. Like the heartbreak of all these miscarriages, like your life, like not going the way <clears throat> that you planned it to. And like, like the just utter like heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak mm. was now coming through as cancer in my left breast, mind you, the, the feminine motherly side, wow. you know? Um, and I was just like, wow, that, okay, well that actually resonates deeply. Um, and I always hesitate to tell people like, look at the metaphysical mm-hmm. meaning of your cancer, but, mm-hmm. um, cause it doesn't have to mean anything to you, but to me, it did mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, okay, well that, yeah, my heartbreak, of course, is going to manifest as, you know, left breast cancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I had even read like celebrities who had breast cancer who had the same kind of revelations like, Oh, you know, my cancer is because I wasn't being a good mother to myself. Mm. wasn't taking care of myself. And like, that's why I had cancer in my left breast specifically, you know, just very like, okay, well, I'm not the only one, you know, that, and this makes sense for me. Um, and just gave me hope that like, if I heal that part of myself, then I'm good. You know, it doesn't always, it's not just about the chemo and the radiation. Like I also am going to heal the parts that, you know, my spirit is showing me needs healing. Um, Mm. And that's what I've learned, like through getting cancer, like it's not, you know, it's just, you, it just, I feel like it's a, a call to go deeper, you know, and, mm. and I hate to like, I don't know, it's a very touchy subject because people with cancer, you know, it's, everyone has their own unique story and, and beliefs around it. Um, yeah. For me, 
I was like something going on deeper. Like um, there are lessons to be learned from this experience. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. that I was unlucky. Um, I had to learn something from it. And so I was like, I'm going, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just like with the miscarriages, like I'm going to keep learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, when I, I mean, I was just doing like all these spiritual things to try to help me like figure out like where to go down this, you know, like which path to take as far as like medicine and stuff and had a lot of like really um, uncomfortable conversations with my husband because I'm just like, I don't want to do chemo. Like I really am like nervous about it. I was reading like a conspiracy theory book, which I regret (laughs) at the time. (laughs) Just like why even subject myself to that? Yeah. Um, But yeah, and just made me really. And so then I started reaching out to people. Um, In fact, Madeline, who you had as a guest, her, mm-hmm. she, I saw her at a breathwork circle, like right the day after I was diagnosed, I went to one of her breath circles mm-hmm. and um, like, you know, poured my heart out. And she had told me that her mother had breast cancer like years and years ago. Wow. And offered to um, connect us. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I want. And then another, um, another woman in the circle offered to connect me with her friend. And it was just like, uh, like dominoes, like, un- like everyone was just like, Oh, I have a friend you should talk to. I have this friend you should talk to. And I just had like this whole new like network of people. And they all of course wow. were like so nice and agreed to talk to me. And, and it was interesting because they all had a different, they all had a different perspective and like a different take on like their cancer. You know, I mean, they all had different types of cancer from mine, but okay, um, <clears throat> at least some of them, like Madeline's mother had breast cancer, but the, um, the other like I talked to a man who had throat cancer and a woman who had um, uterine cancer. And it was just like, it's just very interesting to collect these different perspectives and like kind of like apply it to my own self and see what like maybe this would lead me. Um, It was just, it's so hard to tap into your intuition when you're like in fear. Like, and that was one thing that um, I think, I think it was Madeline's mom who, who actually said that to me first and was like, don't, like, don't make a decision out of fear because mm. it's not the right decision. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's just like, you want to come from like a place of like peace with, you know, even if it feels like it wasn't the decision you were going to make or, or someone doesn't agree with it. And, you know, maybe it's only right for you and other, I don't know, yeah. just really like hard to, you know, hard to navigate, but, yeah. um, yeah. And some people were like, Oh, I went to Mexico and had green juice for a month or whatever, you know, <laughs> like never did, never did met, you know, chemo radiation. I was like, well, mm-hmm. that is a lot of discipline that I don't, I'm not gonna yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm just like, that's like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm into that, but no, not for yeah. cancer. Come on. So yeah. I, um, one, one thing that stuck with me was, um, one woman who I was introduced to by a friend was like, Cause I told her, I was like, you know, I'm getting all these like mixed, you know, responses from people. And I don't know, like some people are like, you can heal yourself. And some people are like chemo, 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 you know? And she's like, no, fuck that. You do not fuck around with cancer. Mm-hmm. Like you just do not play with this. Yeah. And that like kind of rattled me. Cause I was like, I think I really needed to hear this mm-hmm. because I was just searching for any way out you know, just mm-hmm. any way out, like the easiest way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't going to be that way ever. And so um, she also had told me like, no matter what you decide, like you have to find peace with it. 
So your path to healing has to bring you peace, block out all the noise. Cause I was doing a lot of like external searching, like, you know, what, what would you do? Like, what would you do if you had cancer? What, you know, and it was a lot of people telling me like, Oh, I would like, you know, move to the forest and what, you know, like not, you know, it's like, okay, well, (laughs) I, Like, but I actually have it right now. And this is like life or death. Yeah. But understandably so. Yeah. I mean, like understandably so like you're wanting to know because it's one of the scariest decisions you probably have ever had to make. So, I mean, I would, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, completely. It was just like, cause also, I mean, and it was, you know, it was just even the thought that I was going to, I mean, now I'll say I did do the chemo. It was the thought that I even entertained not doing it is like laughable to me now because I just can't imagine I already live in in uh, you know at least have fear in the back of my mind at all times that it's mm-hmm. going to come back mm-hmm. um and I couldn't imagine if I didn't if I ever looked back and was like I didn't do everything I could do you yeah. know yeah and so that brought me peace but I was like mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything that I you know that I can that is in my power and I'll never you know if it does come back then it, at least I won't blame myself, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I was doing a lot of self blame, especially with the miscarriages and mm. just so easy to like, turn it, turn on yourself mm-hmm. when that's the last thing you need. What you need is like love. So, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So um, I did decide to do it and I'm very happy that I did. And it was, it was scary. And of course I, I tried to like balance everything, you know, went to, um, tried to eat really healthy when I could eat during chemo because chemo was just awful just awful awful (laughs) yeah but I did did research some people gave me tips like I learned that um if you fast before chemo if you're able to fast not everyone can because they you know if they're underweight or whatever but if you can fast for um like 36 hours before chemo um it's the symptoms are less severe and Mm it attacks the cancer more aggressively because the cancer mm. is more vulnerable when you're fasting. Okay. Um, I did that for two sessions out of the four mm-hmm. and I have to say it worked. It, it, I had the easiest, like smoothest chemo, those, those sessions um, wow. for the weeks following. Yeah. So I'm always spreading that around. And mm. um, I mean, that was scientific, like someone at USC has been studying this. So okay. um, it's really fascinating, but um, yeah. So so went, how long, just, yeah. how long were you from, from diagnosis? Uh, how many chemo session, sessions did you have to do? And did you also have to do radiation or? Yeah. So I had to do, um, I had surgery first in February. I was diagnosed in January surgery mm-hmm. in February and March. Cause I had three surgeries and then mm-hmm. I started chemo in April. Um, and you know, what's interesting is during all of this, when I was like, tr- still trying to decide like what like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for treatment? Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, t- you know, they were pushing chemo on me and I was like, I need more time to think about it. I would go to bed at night and, and say like, what, like, what does my heart need to heal? And I would ask myself that every night and the third night or the third morning after asking that question, I woke up to an email from Madeline inviting me to go to Mount Shasta. Wow. Oh and I was my like, God. okay. I know. And I was like, this is my heart is telling me this is what I need to heal. And, and you were there. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the most healing retreat of my life. Like I, I can yeah. be just so what I need. And I was in the middle of chemo. I had done two chemo and I even emailed my doctor and was like, I'm going on a retreat. These are the dates. I need you to schedule my chemo 
so that it doesn't, you know, interfere mm -hmm. with this retreat. <laughs> and she was mm -hmm. like, okay. Um, so I had done two, two chemo treatments. Um, I was doing them every three weeks. Um, it was like, uh, like a four hour appointment of just like the chemo drip. Yeah. And then we went to Shasta. I came back and had two more treatments. I was supposed to have six. Okay. Um, but I, uh, on my fourth chemo, she, my doctor came over and was like, Oh, I want to talk to you. Like, you know, this new study just was published and, um, you're not going to need any more chemo after today. And I just was like, oh burst. And, and I, mean, I just burst into tears because mm -hmm. I had the most miserable chemo. The lot, like the, 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 my third treatment was like the worst ever. I ended up in the ER with the fever. Oh. Um, just awful. It was like super scary. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this three more times. Like I, I can't like begging, like I cannot, yeah. like I need this to end. Like I need this to end mm -hmm. <laughs> at four mm -hmm. and I got, and prayers answered because at four chemo, she was like, um, the, you know, this is your last chemo today. And I was like, Oh my God, like, wow. It's just so amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just nice to also have a doctor who's like not willing to overtreat. Cause sometimes I think it's easy to just throw the whole yeah. kitchen sink at something. And I, I totally understand that, but she was like, it would be more damaging to do two more sessions. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, thank you for being like, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like wise in that. Cause I, I really appreciate that outlook. Um, it took me a long time to find a doctor I trusted to. I, I saw like five <laughs> before I wow. picked one, which wow. I think is also important to say if you're in like a health crisis, you have to trust your medical care team. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if if they, if I walked out of some of those appointments and they thought I was like batshit crazy, mm -hmm. I don't, I really don't like, I'm not, this is like my life. Yeah. I have to trust you with it. Yeah. Um, and I did, I came with like a list of questions and was like asking them one by one. I mean, <laughs> my doctor, yeah, the doctor I ended up choosing, she was so, she looked like I had just really run her ragged <laughs> by the end of the appointment. Cause I was mm -hmm. so like just grinding it in. And I was like, okay, like she passed, you know, she passed mm -hmm. my, my screening process. Cause mm -hmm. other people were just like nodding and like, yeah, yeah. What she said, you know, like, mm -hmm. this is very like, how do you like, why are you a doctor? Like I need someone to be like advocate for me in yeah. my life, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. Good for you. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like any, I mean, that's just so important to me. Like second, third, fourth opinions. I don't care how many it takes. If you don't trust your doctor, mm -hmm. I mean, how, you know, Mm -hmm. you, just, you don't have, it feels like you don't, you're just not going to have a chance mm -hmm. at like getting all the healing that you need. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and another thing that just, I thought of as far as like health crisis, um, I, I kind of also learned to, that it helped me to shift my language a little bit. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people say like fight, you know, fight cancer, fight this illness. Mm -hmm. And I found that I replaced that word with heal Mm. And that was super, um, like calming to me because it, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to go into battle yeah, <laughs> and like, wow. it does feel like a, a war, mm. but I don't want, I don't want it. I don't want to feel like I'm going into the trenches and like, you know, it's just like that, mm. you know, come out with PTSD. Like it, it is, it does feel like a war, but I'm healing. And like, I, I looked at the chemo as medicine. Mm. Like I was like, this is nectar that is healing me is not poison even though it feels like it when you have the side effects of it you know it mm -hmm. does feel like that but I just was like 
affirming to myself, like, this is nectar and it is healing me and healing mm-hmm. my cancer. Um, and that, I think that shift, it's so subtle, but it really, it makes a difference. And I think that, you know, mm-hmm. it helps to use that language instead of, you know, fight, battle, yeah. war, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Really, wow. it truly is. So, oh my gosh. I oh could yeah. Just, and I did, I have to yeah. have radiation after, sorry to answer your question. No, I did yeah. have four weeks of radiation after chemo. Wow. And now I'm on long-term medication that block because my cancer was um, hormone positive, which means that estrogen and progesterone were feeding the cancer, which again, like it was totally related to the pregnancies because mm. all that hormones like pumping through my system and then I lose the baby and then mm-hmm. have another huge batch of hormones pumping, you know, mm-hmm. um, like no doubt that, that it made the tumor grow faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was stage one. I caught it early and wow, thank God. I know. Thank God is right. And you know, I, I have a chapter in my memoir that's that I'm working on that's a letter to my child, the fifth, mm-hmm. um, the fifth pregnancy it was a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically realized after the fact that like, I, you know, I believe that I lost that baby because my, my life was on the line. Like Mm. she saved me. Mm. If I hadn't miscarried, I probably wouldn't have found the lump. You know, I would have, it would have grown from all the hormones. Um, It could have been stage two or stage three or worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just was like, wow. That is so, what an incredible gift Mm. that like, you know, I could just say thank you to my own daughter. Like you, like you left because I, you knew that I needed to stay. Mm. And that is something that like, I think about a lot and hope that like, if I meet her one day that I can like tell her the story, you know, because Mm. I know that um, I believe anyway, that the spirits of, pregnancies or you know whatever um they don't like go away they don't die they're Absolutely. not like yeah. new spirits every time I believe that the spirits that have been trying to come through as my children are the same you know mm. two or three however many um trying to come through repeatedly so I know that like they'll come through again Amen. and then I'll have this like amazing story to mm. you know if I get to hold my daughter one day and like you saved my life you know, before you were ever born. Yeah. Um, And that's just like incredible. And it really just makes it all like worth it. You know, it's it's a huge lesson. Oh my gosh. Mary, thank you so much for walking us through that journey. And I know that was just the tip of the iceberg for everything that you've been through and all the wisdom that you've gained. And I'm so excited and honored that you are taking time to write a memoir because I I just yes. know in my bones as you speak I'm like she's a warrior and 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 your journey is going to help a lot of other humans women move through similar situations like you really went through hell and back and mm-hmm. um and you're such a light to to like show like hey I'm on the other side guys and and my my wisdom can help you and I'm just so grateful as I'm thank listening you. to you, I get chills and I'm like, thank you God for, for bringing Mary here because it's really, yeah. it's, it's really, um, effing courageous is what it is. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I remember when you were really in it, when I first met you and I was like, dear God, like it really put things in check for me in a way because it's like, you know, um, 
at any age, we have to always be, tu- we have to be tuned into our bodies. And it really made me think like, just because we're young doesn't mean that we're omitted from, you know, the, the crises of, of health, like you said. So yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. In- and I yeah. just see so much of it now. So many more young people being diagnosed and I'm just like, it's heartbreaking, but I, I'm, I'm feel like I'm writing the book that I needed Mm. when I was having my miscarriages and going through cancer, you know, it was just like, I needed someone to be like, what's, you know, what does it, what does it mean? What are the lessons, you know, just to give insight to encourage, you know, encourage Mm -hmm. your own journey. And it's also really transformed my art. You know, I used Mm -hmm. to draw a lot of like pop culture stuff for fun. And then as soon as like, I experienced like true pain and suffering, I was like, wow, this is art asking to be made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it has, it has really, it's helped me a lot. And I've gotten a lot of like feedback from people who it's been really healing for, which is just very assuring that like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, you know, this is part of my, um, my, my soul path, my purpose. Yeah, it's, it's truly, and I love your art, by the way. Um, for those listening, I'll have her, I'll have your Instagram linked below and, um, and everything that you're up to. It's drawn by Mary, but your, your work is so incredible and, and pivoting on your entire, uh, journey that you just shared, you know, obviously that would be anxiety provoking everything that you walked through. And I love Mm -hmm. how mental health, it's like such a, um, like a beautiful pillar that, that you're not afraid to talk about and and that you draw, you know, beautiful, uh, light to. So as far as anxiety, because I know that everyone right now, I I say everyone, but everyone, it seems to be experiencing some level of depth in the world of, of anxiousness, anxiety, et cetera. And, um, do you have any experience in this? And if so, like, what would, like, what are, how did you get through these really intense anxious times? And even right now, like, what is, like, what is your practice to, uh, to help with anxiety or what would your wisdom be? Um, you know, someone told me recently, one of my friends who also deals with anxiety was, um, like the antidote to anxiety is action. Mm. Um, and I think that that's helpful in some cases, not all cases maybe, but definitely like do something, you know, it's a lot of times anxiety is just like, I feel like, you know, like, it's hard to like explain in words, but you know, the feeling like, uh, like I need to like, and sometimes just doing something like that is self-care, like whatever that means for you, take a bath or like, for me, like it is nice to, um, like turn on music and like dance for two songs, like by myself, you know, I find that like moving my body really helps. Um, You know, talking with your friends, like, you know, it's hard when you can't see anybody, especially right now, like everything feels so far away and people like really miss other, you know, being around other humans. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a lot of like conversations on the phone with my sister where we're just crying Mm -hmm. because it's just like (laughs) scary and, we don't, you know, it's like, I'm so uncertain the times that we're living in. And it's just like, really like, I say, just like go with like, like whatever feels like cleansing and healing, go with that. You know, it's not always going to look the same. Um, yeah. But yeah, really just it, you know, it could be anything. It depends on the day. I mean, honestly, like I went from like crying every day over the pandemic, which I haven't cried over in, in a while mm-hmm. um, to like dancing every day, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what, what do I need? What does my body need? What does yeah. my heart need? Oh. Um, and also just like, 
I always find it really helps to ask for guidance, like in your, like before bed, you know, like, what does my heart need? Like, what, um, like, you know, what do I need to, or like, wake up in the morning? Like, what do I need to know today? Um, and just like, listen and wait, you know, um, I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to be in this world right now, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like there's just so much like beauty in the community that is like coming together, you know, like yeah. from afar, um, yeah. taking care of each other. Mm. So, so well said. And, and so the work that you are doing, you know, through your art, I, if you could just like give people who are starting off with maybe their artists or creatives, cause you have quite a huge following and your work is so magnetic and bright. Um, how did you get started? And like, what is the, like, what is the origin story of your creative journey? Cause oh, yeah. people, like have, you know, a following and like, I know that you're involved with like different movements and um, I'm just like, what would your advice be to someone who, you know, wants to follow their heart, but they're like, who wants to hear what I have to say and et cetera. Right. Well, I always say, um, and I made a piece about this, but like somebody needs your story. Someone needs your art. Like someone needs your voice. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't, you don't have to have a big following. I feel like, um, like I follow a lot of smaller, like artists with not like huge followings for that reason. Cause I feel like there's just so much like there's so much out there that like yeah. we tend to gravitate towards the people who are already popular when it's like, there's so much goodness in like discovering people who aren't being reshared over and over and over again, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I went to art school and I thought I was going to be a graphic designer and that did not happen. <laughs> like I had a degree in it, tried to get jobs. I had a couple of jobs, but they were very like no room for advancement, not really helping me grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up working all these odd jobs grocery stores and juice bars and coffee shops and salons. And it was just like, okay, I'm not going to be a graphic designer. I'm already way too behind in the game. So whatever, hang out my hat, you know? And then when I started getting back into art in my early thirties, it was like, I just, I'm going to do something because I like it. I don't, you know, just putting the career, like success, like pressure on something like that, like something as beautiful as creating so toxic because you miss out on so much if you just tie your you know the worth of your art to how much money it's making or how much attention it's getting and it's like no that's not what it's about um I started a greeting card line um that I sold on Etsy that I just was like these are fun ideas that I have so I'm gonna make cards and then and sell them and that was really fun for me and all my friends bought my cards and like strangers bought them it wasn't like wildly successful but it was nice and it was just like this is so fun for me and it's an outlet and then I sold them at like art markets around the city um and that was just like the gateway of like wait I don't have to like have no one has to validate me I'm I'm you know (laughs) doing what I want because I my yeah you know like what am I waiting like why am I like seeking validation from people when I want to do this because I want to um and then, you know, once Instagram was like a big thing, it was like, okay, well, I started drawing because my husband was like, you can draw really well. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm a graphic designer like you. Like, he's a graphic designer. So I'm like, I'm a graphic designer. I'm not an illustrator. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, but you like, you, you're really good at drawing. You should draw more. It's like, <laughs> okay, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's nice to hear. So, of course. And then um, 
I started drawing and posting every day on Instagram. Like I was doing like a daily drawing challenge where it was Mm -hmm. just like started like really rough. And then I started to get more like, and then it, of course, I mean, if you do something every day, you're going to get better at it. And that's exactly what happened. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm so talented. <laughs> you know, after a while, I'm like, wow, I'm actually really getting good at this. And then yeah. um, after the election, I started drawing like more like, you know, outspoken, like activist kind of art. And then that was, and then that's how I started to grow a following because like one or two pieces that like got shared like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, this is like a lot of attention. And then, you know, then it just kind of, then I just, you know, once you get a little bit of a following people like your stuff, once they share it, like it just grows organically from there. Yeah. Um, and that's been really nice. And it's also nice to be able to change my style as my life changes. Like mm-hmm. there was a time when it was like everything I wanted to draw was just like pop culture, like Broad City and Beyonce and just mm-hmm. drawing like funny, like pop culture references to one practice drawing people. And also just like bringing humor to the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it was like, okay, life is not funny and pop culture it's really hard, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. how can I put that into my art? And that was another, a whole nother journey that was like really amazing because mm-hmm. I was able to evolve as we should, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Not, you know, there's still times where I have to break away. I would say a big, huge thing is do not compare yourself to other people and what they're doing, what their followings look like. Um, don't compare styles. Like it's just, we all, you know, you have your talent within you and that's where you need to look mm-hmm. for guidance, not at other people's feeds or mm-hmm. careers or successes or salaries. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, it's all in you, you know? And I, my art wouldn't look like it does now if I had tried to stick with what was popular or what was like working for me, you know, because mm-hmm. the pop culture stuff, like people really liked it and it was like fun to do, but um, that wasn't, we're gonna you know that's not me anymore <laughs> so yeah. to be able to just like draw on stuff that comes straight from my heart um and even if it's not the mo- you know it's not always it's hit or miss you know it's mm-hmm. hard also being an artist on social media when you're looking for validation as much as we say we're not like everyone mm-hmm. wants to get a lot of likes and comments yeah you know? of course and yeah it's hard not to um, yeah it's true but you just have, yeah, you just have to shelve that and just make it be not as important because, mm-hmm. um, if you're, you know, if I'm drawing from my heart and I, sometimes I'm drawing and I'm like, wow, this is so powerful. I love this. It's like my favorite piece mm-hmm. and I'll post it. And it, it gets like not a lot, like a, a couple mm-hmm. hundred likes, mm-hmm. which is a lot for, but I have 40,000, like 40,000 followers now. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I should be getting at least a thousand, <laughs> you know, it's just these dumb, like, yeah, like little mathematics you do mm-hmm. okay, like 400 likes. And I'm like, come on, that's like my favorite piece <laughs> I've done all year. What is wrong with you people? And then I just have to remember that, like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares what, like, these are like, I created this from my heart based yeah. on what I'm going through. Not everyone's going to, it's not going to resonate with anyone, but the people that it reaches, that's meaningful, you know? Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. So, God, and your stuff, it's just like so, I love everything you're saying because your work is just so you. It just like, it's so, <laughs> vi- it's so colorful, it's so hopeful, but it's also so effing real. Like, you feel. <laughs> Thank you. You, feel the depth in your work, even though it is very beautiful and colorful. Like there's, there's real wisdom, uh, behind the, the, the energetics of your work. So it's super rad to hear you say that, like shine. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Like shine your truth. And I know that, that like, you're only just beginning cause you are like, a 
you, you feel like you are a connector and, you know, you are a voice. And I just have to say, like, as a white woman uh, during these times, like, I have re- really been looking to your feed, to everything that, that you've been sharing through the whole Black Lives Matter um, crisis that we've been facing in the last month and a half in, in the U.S. or month. And, um, you know, you really are like... Um, you really are showing up and you're, and you're being like a compass for a lot of people right now. And um, is there anything that you want to say about that? Like, like your vision uh, for your work and um, just everything that you're doing to stay involved and to help, you know, inspire and motivate people that, that their actions do make a difference and that together, you know, we can, we can make change, but, um, and you're doing that through your work. It's, it's not preachy. It's not shameful. It's like, I find that there's like an energy of inspiration and, you know, but also like, don't fuck around. Like, like we all have to show up to this kind of like what your friend said about the cancer. Uh, like there's definitely like an urgency behind everything that you're sharing. So I don't know if you, you, if you have any words around that. I put a lot of thought into that because I, you know, on social media too, it's really hard when you're, when you have like visibility, like people are looking for you to say something and, and it's, and you have to be like really thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, like people did the blackout Tuesday thing and it's like, whatever, do what you want to do. But I just was like, this feels like, like, what, are we putting thought behind this? You know, like, mm-hmm. and not to say that everyone was doing like doing it without mm-hmm. a meaning behind it but I, I basically like I approach everything like what are we getting out of this like what what is the the end goal and how is this going to transform um the movement or each other or mm-hmm. you know ourselves like really is where it starts like within ourselves to educate and mm-hmm. take action because it does it feels so big it feels like there's so much Mm-hmm. it's just so much it's just it's huge you know yeah. and it's hard to like sometimes it's just really hard to put a box like, around it yeah. yeah and you just feel like stuck like mm-hmm. just it's just like debilitating like how what mm-hmm. do I even do it's so big and I just try to encourage people and like my friends you know I know it's like I have like a following but I'm very careful about that because I, every you know it has to be thoughtful otherwise it's just a performance yeah so um I watched a TED talk um from Ibram X. Kendi who wrote a couple of um books stamped from the beginning which I haven't yet read but I read how to be anti-racist and he said in the TED talk um a lot of people take action to make themselves feel better mm. movements and that's not the goal the goal is to change the world mm. so when I want to ask people like is that action you're taking is it is it soothing your soul or do you feel like it's also (laughs) and or um you know change like causing a real change because if it's not causing real change then it's not really helpful to anybody but you Mm. um and that's just like really I mean yeah I just say like put a lot of thought into into what you're doing and and I try to be thoughtful about what I share and it's also hard when there's just so many emotions yeah the Elijah McLean has hit me particularly hard Mm. I think most of us can say that but yeah um I I lived half my life in Aurora Colorado I like that happened like a couple miles from where my parents live and it just feels like close like on top of everything else that was so tragic about that incident yeah um 
feel like, you know, physically close to where I'm from. Um, but yeah, I just, am like, man, we have to like do things that are creating change and not just being, not just making noise because we have enough noise. Um, you know, showing up and protesting is, is like good noise. That's going to create change, but also we can't just make noise on social media. That's not doing anything for anyone. Um, necessarily, unless there's like action behind it, like calling your reps and and emailing and voting and think just, you know, of course that's a whole other, I (laughs) know everything is, everything is a problem. Like there's, it's a systemic problem like everywhere, but, um, we do what we can and hopefully, you know, it gets us somewhere better. Yeah. Thank you. And I really feel like, you know, people, they want to hear what the artists have to say right now because, uh, you know, typically artists move from their heart. And I think that that is, that's such a beautiful, uh, you know, avenue to to turn right now it's like like you said there's a lot of noise but where's the change and so it's something I think for myself to reflect upon like um am I adding noise or am I adding you know symphony or yeah like you know uh yeah definitely when I've been thinking about what to share and post and say about I'm like I've had a lot of ideas where I'm like no this isn't like Mm. this is you know this is performative I'm not going to I'm not going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, it's always like, there's always more work yeah. to be done on ourselves. Amen. Gosh. So if people are wanting, I, I know I said, I was like, Mary, I'm just going to keep you an hour. Here we are. 7.15. No, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't anywhere to be, girl. We're in a pandemic. Okay. I'm All not right. going I know. Gosh. Um, so like I said, you just are a wealth of information and resources for people. And that is why I, like, I, I love speaking with you. So where can people, what is next for you? I know that you're working on this memoir and, um, which, you know, feels very relevant and timely. Um, if people are wanting to know more about you or if they are walking through, like you said, a health crisis or miscarriages or their artist starting out, or they really are drawn to your work, like where can they connect with you? Where can they, um, what's next for you, et cetera. What's really um, like, what's really like, what is exciting you right now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, you know, I was writing my memoir. I was writing it a lot less in the past couple months. Um, well not recently, but the past year I was like really, like really in the flow of it. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, I just was like, I can't do this. Like this is meaningless right now. Um, I just started again this week writing more or like last week. Yeah. And I'm getting back into the flow. So that's really exciting for me because I just was like, I don't know if this is ever going to return this flow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to publish this book because I don't have like a book deal. I'm going to just like do my thing and self-publish and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. And that's like really exciting to be able to be back into that, um, that space where I'm like, okay, creating and telling my story. Um, you know, work has been slow for me. So I've thankfully have had time to write, but um, yeah, other than, that um, people can, I do sell some prints of my work on my website. Um, it's drawnbymary.com. There's a shop link. Um, my Instagram is drawnbymary. Um, Facebook as well. I have a, you know, sh- everything I share on both platforms. Um, and yeah, I'm always, my DMs, I don't check them often, but I'm always, they're always open for anyone. Like I've had a lot of people kind of be like, you know, sh- just share their stories with me if they, if they feel called to like, because there's so many of us who are like suffering silently. Like mm. I had a miscarriage too, you know, and like I get those yeah. messages and like, I was just diagnosed. And it's like, I'm here to help, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I just want to say like, I feel like so grateful to all the people who extended um, 
themselves to me when I was like, you know, I need, I need help. I need, you know, someone to tell me this is going to be okay. And um, I fully am ready to be that for other people for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so incredible. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm honored to call you a friend. <laughs> and, Me too. Thank you. Yeah. And I just am so grateful that you said yes. And I am just so excited to see what, what your future holds. Cause you are, you really just walk with so much integrity and love and uh, truth. Like you really just, I'm just honored. Uh, like you're a lighthouse in that, in that world. So thank you. Aww. Thank you. Yeah. Dana, this is so nice. Yeah. Thank you. And um, I can't wait uh, to connect with you in real life again. I heard Madeline yeah. is doing a retreat next spring. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Oh yeah, I've already reserved my spot. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and is is your sister uh, going to come out too? If we're allowed yeah, to travel, and... she has reserved her spot as well. Yeah. All right. It's and become our like thing now. For those of you who don't know, Mary has an incredible sister, Gretchen. She's just as magical, and she was also on the retreat. So yeah, um, I love safety net. I was like, come on this retreat with me because I'm like scared to do this stuff alone. And now it's like we both just like yeah, into a whole new world. It's so great. Yeah, the two of you are so special. Like you guys bring so much. I just yeah, I love you both. Um, (laughs) We love you. Oh well. Thank you again, and um, I definitely will put all of your all of your links below. And I I just can't wait, and we'll have to have you on again when your book comes yeah. out one day, or yeah, uh, when, maybe you want to have a baby. I was <laughs> just gonna say that, Mary. <laughs> I know. Oh yes. I mean, okay. I have to say the baby fever is very high right now. Yeah, um, but I, I'm yeah. on I'm on medication that I prevents me because I you know they tell me I have they first they told me five years I had to be on it, and I was like. Mm. Oh no and they told us to use a surrogate but now I'm just kind of like maybe okay no maybe sooner I don't know what's happening but I'm I'm praying on it a lot more lately Mm. than I have been so I'm hoping that it's closer than I think it is yeah it's funny because like sometimes I'll get like vision not visions I don't want to be like I get visions because I just sound so cheesy (laughs) and I don't want to record that online but as you were talking (laughs) I was like as you were talking, I kept seeing like visions of you as a mom, just like so Aww. clear. And oh I was God, like, and you. I, and I was just like, yeah, like, of course she's going to be a mom, like no doubt. And Aww. I knew that in Shasta and you know, this is going to sound so cheesy coming from a woman who's single and has never walked through a miscarriage or, or anything like this, you know, knock on wood yet. Um, I just want to say like, you know, I've, I've had a lot of friends who, and family members who have moved through fertility issues. And, and I see like just the devastation that, that, that Mm -hmm. women and couples can go through. And, and usually every, not you, not every time, but, um, you know, like one of our mutual friends was having a hard time who we both know. And then finally Mm -hmm. she got pregnant and I just felt in my heart, like there's something really magical with the timing with maybe the soul that's trying to come through. And, same thing happened with my cousin and she felt like she was, you know, totally gave up. And then now she is about to give birth to her second son this week. And it's amazing. And, you know, and just to have like, you know, heard everything and and like watched her walk through so much pain and now she's on the other side. And I'm like, I've reflected and thought like, wow, like, you know, she probably wants to slap me in the face because she's lived through it, but there is something very magical about timing with certain souls. And I feel that with you. Absolutely. So I'm excited yeah. to, to one day meet your kids. Or Thank whatever. you. I am too. You know, when I've had miscarriages, people would always say like, you know, it wasn't the right time. And you just 
want to be like, you want to strangle them. Up. Like, <laughs> how dare you? Of but course. in hindsight, in hindsight, you're like, you know what? It wasn't. And mm-hmm. I see that now. I can't imagine. I'm so happy that we've, I've grown as much as I have. I'm going to be such a better mother for it. So I'm thankful. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's hard. You know, you can't tell that to someone in the thick of it. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. And but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. There's, there's time, something to be said for timing. And I know that it's going to show up right on time. Yeah. Everything in, in due time, not to sound so cliche. Again, I have no experience in this. So take no. what you like and leave the rest. So, um, but I'm holding so much space and I'm giving you a huge hug uh, down there in Glendale and thank your husband for letting us borrow you tonight. And um, of course. yeah, until we uh, talk again, have a beautiful evening and happy 4th of July. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye, Mary. Bye. All right. Welcome to the end of the episode. I hope you got out of it as much as I did. I just, I just hung up the phone with her and I just felt so, uh, so much hope and I just felt really good. She has that effect on me and I know on, on a lot of people. So I encourage you, like I said, to check out her art on Instagram at Drawn by Mary, M-A-R-Y, or check out her website, drawnbymary.com. Um, I definitely know that she has a lot of really beautiful things in store um, and a lot of amazing flowers that are blooming in the garden of Mary that we're all going to be able to, um, to what's the word to enjoy with her in the, in the near future. I'm really excited to get my hands on her book, uh, whenever that day comes and sending her a ton of support to, to, uh, continue telling her story. Um, cause it definitely takes a lot of courage to, I think, to share our truth. Um, at least for me, you know, it takes a lot of courage to, uh, to know what is safe and what's not to to share. But anyway, I digress. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, Be sure, uh, if you haven't already, to subscribe to our podcast, to give me a like at the bottom. It'll help. The more likes we get, uh, the more... The more ears and hearts we can reach um, or check out the website, theorbitofvenus.com. And uh, we're also on Instagram at theorbitofvenus. And um, yeah, really, really grateful to have you here today and until we meet again.